Without further ado, I want to bring in a, a, a woman who uh, has been very inspiring to legions of music fans throughout the world. Uh, it's taken me a while to track her down, but now I have, and it's an honor to bring in Gloria Jones. Welcome to the Jake Feinberg Show. Thank you for having me. How's everybody doing? Well, uh, it's how, how sweet it is to talk to Gloria today. Um, I found a, an album on Tamla. Uh, it was an offshoot of Motown. But that's not you. Um, no. Okay. There, there's this other. There, there's. It's just been very vexing to me. Uh, yeah, it's another Gloria Jones that that had been uh, recording for some time, and it seems like I was always kind of mixed up with her. So just wanted to let everybody know that um, that's not this Gloria Jones. So this Gloria Jones, I want you to talk about a seminal moment in your young life in the church uh, when the, 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 the singing and the, and the modified trap set and the tambourine and the clapping really, uh, in your mind, fused that, um, the two uh, magic and music together when you really felt the spirit come alive. If there was a time in your younger life you could talk about when that really solidified for you. Well, I um, I grew up in the church. Like I said, my my father was a, a minister uh, back in um, um, I think Frisco, Texas. And uh, since I was a very little girl, uh, I knew about church, uh, the spirit, uh, uh, the singing, uh, the word of God. Um, I didn't start really getting into the music until about, um, I mean, I did sing when I was very small, but I didn't really get into it until about, started understanding about uh, the Holy Spirit, you know, until about 13, uh, when my father uh, moved to, um, we, we, we came to California, and he organized a church in Oakland. I'm a garage, nevertheless, and um, my sister played the piano, my older sister played the piano, and uh, I have, have, have a middle sister, she sang, and we had, we had like a little uh, family group that we would sing together, so we would help get the choir together, but I really started understanding everything about it 
uh, about the age of uh, 11 to 13. And uh, I didn't start uh, messing around with the tambourines until oh, much later after high school. Uh, actually, by the time I started getting into the... Um, um, started playing, playing around with Jerry, and I was also uh, singing gospel at the same time. And that's when I started playing with uh, the percussions, the tambourines, and... And the more I work with, with uh, the Garcia band, the more <laughs> I picked up other uh, percussion to try to play with. But uh, I, I didn't know anything about that um, really that much until I really got into, you know, I was into the band. We was doing tra- a lot of traveling. Right. No, this is, uh, so, I mean, your father started a congregation in his garage? Well, we, we moved to, we were in Alameda. We lived in Alameda, uh, and he found a, a friend's garage in Oakland, and he started his church in the garage, and, and the, the, uh, people right there in that very community would start coming there to our church. And a, lot, a, lot of, uh, a lot of people had to start out like that, you know, ministers. So he, he did that for some years, and then uh, we moved to a couple of other buildings. And um, then we moved to, to this building in Oakland where the church still there now. What's the name of the church? Tabernacle Baptist Church. It's a Baptist church. So, and what, can you tell me what year um, you were, uh, you moved into that church? Uh, oh my God, let me see. That must have been in, um, maybe around 57. Wow. Okay, so <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, little girl. I was a little girl. It's kind of hard for me to remember these times. No, but it's important for me to know chronological. So, I mean, can you, I mean, the blues was, even though the blues came out of the church, you know, even when I talked to, even though I, when I talked to cats like Melvin Seals, you know, Uh he, he, uh, you know, his, his parents had to go to work before he could start playing boogie woogie. Um, You know, the, the, the blues wasn't, um, really accepted or, or acknowledged as uh, you know holy music, but um, when was your first exposure uh, to the blues uh, in Oakland? I mean, it was a hotbed of activity in the '60s. Can you talk about some ac- some music performances you did outside of the church, uh, blues kind of settings, or just music outside of gospel? Uh, didn't do anything like that until uh, out of high school, and I think the very first. Of course, my father being a minister, we couldn't really play music in the in the home. But I would always find a way to listen to everything. I was listening to the Ink Spot back at that time. Yeah, <laughs> you know? right, right on. And uh, I would always find a way to to listen to different music, and I love the different the pop, the uh, the R V, the blues. I loved all of it. So uh, when um, I'm losing my thought here, when well, yeah, were you were you going to see like uh, um, you know casts like um, uh, let's see, you know, uh, would you get a chance to go see James Brown and the Flames, or would you go? Oh, see- yeah. When I was in high school, of course, uh, uh, I, I loved I loved like James Brown and. Curtis Mayfield and, and, and Donny Hathaway and those cats? Oh, God. Curtis Mayfield, and I'm trying to think of the name of the group that he was in. He was one of my favorites. The Impressions, groups. The Impressions. Yes. And I, I love The Temptations. Um, God, I'm trying to think of all these different names. Uh, the, the, the very first time I got a chance to do something, I want to tell you this before I lost this thought. Um, and I actually didn't realize until 
uh, years after I was with Jerry, that Melvin, I had met Melvin um, back in 75 or something like that. Wow. And yeah, I didn't realize that I I got a chance to play in this uh, play that he was, you know, doing the music with. It's called Evolution of the Blue. With John Hendricks. And, yeah. You were were you in that with John Hendricks? Uh, well I yes, I was with, with Melvin and I I think John was I'm trying to remember, did he produce the play or was he in the play? I don't know. It was on Broadway in San Francisco for many years. I, I know it and was, yeah. I think that was when he was not there. Right. Mm-hmm. But Melvin okay. was 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 Melvin the musical director of that show? At that time, I believe so because I remember him playing that organ. <laughs> right on, <laughs> right on. And I and I didn't realize that for a long time after we had been together. That was so strange to me. But I got a chance to to um to work with that show um for about a month or so, I think. And it was after uh, John Hendricks wasn't there because there was another gentleman. Um, he was out of the church also. Uh, what is his name? Herman. Um, well, I know his first name was Herman. Mm-hmm. But I just—I um, want to be. This is so important. You were you playing an active professional role in Evolution of the Blues? Uh, I got a chance to. Yes. Wow. So you were singing. I, I sang and I did a little um, the the little um, cafe scene, you know. They had to use me one day because the lady that did the dancing hurt herself, and they asked me to take this place of coming out on stage with this little really short outfit on <laughs> and. <laughs> It was so funny to me because I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing, but I acted the part. <laughs> it seemed like everybody loved it because they were laughing so hard. <laughs> well, they at least supported you, whether or not you did it right. But they knew that you know you, you did you did good. They liked it because I got a chance to do it a few times, and I think the last day Sidney Poitier came over, and I got a chance to meet him. So. It, it was a lot of highlights, and at the same time, I was doing hair in Oakland. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm an ex-hairdresser, and when I started working with Jerry, um, I kind of, well, I, I, I kept doing it for quite a few years, but I kind of did both at the same time when we weren't play, wasn't playing, you know. I was doing hair. I guess I, my were you doing Jerry's hair because that dude's hair was a mess I, for a minute when you first joined the band. His hair got real long. No, Jerry was not one of my customers. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, but, but I mean, so I mean, this is already quite a revelation. I mean, were, were you? Uh, I mean, were you going to check out like a lot of the? Uh, the soul. I mean, I guess we already went through that, but I mean, like, d- did you have an opportunity to do any R and B and soul work prior to to? Um, jo- I guess you joined Jerry in in the in the fall, roughly summer fall of '83. But in the late '70s, is there was there any? Did you do any recordings in like a soul funk R and B kind of setting? No, I didn't do any recordings. Uh, uh, what I did was uh, when I met Melvin. Uh, I, I accidentally, well, not accidentally, I went to the studio with some friends, his studio, and um, I did a little bit, bit of background with the guys that was doing this uh, song they were trying to get recorded, and, and Melvin asked, asked me if I would be interested in um, in and coming in and doing some work with him in his studio. And maybe about two or three months later, he asked me if I would be interested in working with the Jerry Garcia band. 
that's kind of getting ahead of where we are. Yeah, no, right? I, yeah, no. I, I was just I'm, the '70s. It was such an amazing time. Uh, I mean, in the Bay Area specifically, there was just so much going on. And I and I I I remember talking to Tony Saunders, Merle's son, and he said that Melvin had a lot of projects in the '70s. So I I'm trying to pinpoint. Yeah. Try to pinpoint some of those sessions because I think you might have been on them. Well, um, it was a lot of gospel um, recordings that we were doing at that time, and I am on quite a few of his his recordings. Now I can't remember all of them. How about one? Um. Well, we worked on a Kevin Peabody. Kevin Peabody. Interesting. Yeah, um, and he's he's got music out now. Um, that was in the eight, and and you're and this was before uh, you joined Jerry. We did a lot of things doing. It was before. Right. His name is trying to creep in my mind. I'm telling you. Um, did he by chance have a uh, a big hit that you were on? I'm just trying to remember. I, I feel like there was. Uh, yeah, it, it, it came out, and uh, I'm trying to think of the guy's name. There were quite a few uh, 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 recordings that I'm on, on the gospel side. Let, 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 it'll, it'll come to you. I, I, I guess... Uh... I want to get, would you talk about, I just love, could you talk about the first time that you went to Club Front in San Rafael to, I mean, did you even have a tryout or did, I mean, did you, can you talk about that first experience walking into a, a dead headquarters there? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, first off, um, Melvin brought me in. Then he introduced me to Jackie, who took two months, and and we went through every song and rehearsed everything together. Hmm. Now, that was before I even laid eyes on Jerry, <laughs> and it was we 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 practiced for over two months, and then the first show we did was we did it at the Stone. Um, no, we went, we went to rehearsal, and we went through a couple of sets of songs, and Jerry was very pleased with me, you know, and that's when I, he let me know that I was in. <laughs> and uh, the first, the first uh, show we did was at the Stone in Berkeley. Sure. And when I walked in there, <laughs> I mean, I knew about I knew about Jerry Garcia, the Grateful Dead, and Jerry Garcia. But when I saw the people, we had to we had to go through the crowd to get to the stage. Right, I love it. I love it. And love Jackie told me, "Hold my hand." <laughs> I was like a, a little kid following her, and we, as we were running through through the crowd to get to the stage. But I was in awe, and when I when I saw the people, I said, "What is this?" I didn't know. I had never been at a show, you know. So, but it was awesome. It was awesome, and it was thrilling too. So, Could and you, that's when yeah. I, Go ahead. I learned how I couldn't get on stage and dance the way I normally dance. But I learned the deadhead boogie real good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, 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 you know, I'll tell you, I, you know, talking to Gloria Jones, Gloria V, what does the V stand for? Gloria Y. Gloria Y. What does the Y stand for? Yvonne. Yvonne. Gloria, can you equate, Yvonne. for younger cats, can you equate the spiritual quality of a enlightened gospel performance versus a Garcia band performance. I mean, the more research that I, I never saw, I never saw Jerry live. I never saw the dead. I, I, I was too young. Really? Yeah. I was born in 78, you know? And, and so I just sort of, you know, by the time, uh, I guess I potentially could have seen you guys in the early nineties, but I just wasn't that hip. And, um, uh, 
the more I look at it, it's amazing because as I'm reading, I mean, the Grateful Dead and in some cases Jerry Garcia Band were a religion for most for a lot of people. I mean, it was no joke; it was a religion, and uh, yeah. as a result, the the shows took on a spiritual quality. And I was hoping you could talk about that as somebody who did not know anything about the the underground uh, sort of vibe. I wish you could, because t- it's so important. People look at spirituality and kind of a more rigid sort of fundamentalist or, you know, uh, uh, view with Christianity, Judaism, Islam. But I mean, this is about transcending through music. And I just was hoping you could riff on that for a minute. Well, you know, coming from church, uh, like I said, there was always a great spirituality there. And uh, when the people would, would feel the spirit, they would act on it. And when I saw how the, uh, by praising and, and raising their hands and crying and, and shouting. I'm here, babe. Oh, I'm sorry. My phone is doing some crazy no, you're things. Doing, you're on fire. Go ahead. When, when, when I experienced being with the Garcia band, I saw this same spirituality, you know, how they were happy and, 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 They'd be so caught up in the music to where uh, they didn't seem to, nothing around them seemed to bother them. Only the music and the people in front of them, you know, they just exploded with with happiness. (laughs) And um, I just figured, you know, this is a great spirit here, you know. Jerry, Jerry calls a lot to be done with in the minds of uh, people, and, and he brought so much to them, and they loved it. They absolutely loved it. So, Just, I, I guess the other thing I wanted to ask, I mean, the most fascinating period to me of Jerry's career is not what most people consider. It's really the time that you joined um, and I just was wondering if you were aware at that time of how, I mean, you must have, I mean, he, he was really in terrible physical shape at that point. And, uh, I wasn't sure if you were aware of the fact that he was basically going to, was trying to, was killing himself. Yeah. Uh, I think around that time is when he got really sick and, and they found out that he had. He was a diabetic. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and uh, I didn't, I didn't realize how bad it was because I was, you know, I was just happy to be able to uh, right. uh, go to a show, and you know, but uh, I found out later, you know, what uh, how it was, and so, um, I, you know, I was really surprised. I, I'm reading some of the some of the material. I was trying to find some things, you know. I uh, really some of the material, the material, and I, I, I just really found out how sick he was at that time because I did not know it then. I knew, I knew, um, few years later how how, how sick he was. Did you? I I mean, know yeah, no. I mean, it's, I I love how Jacqueline was the same way. Um, what, what, did you have a day job? Uh, when you first joined the band, you would carve out. <clears throat> did you have a day job, and then and then when they went when you went on these summer tours or fall tours, you would ask for time off from work. How did that happen? The thing was, I was my uh, my own boss. <laughs> good, very good. And I I I worked in a, a beauty shop. I did hair. <laughs> you know, I was, oh, you uh, did uh, hair. That's right, you did. You got to do my whatever is left of my hair. You got to work on. <laughs> you know, I had this job where um, I was doing here. I was working in a beauty beauty salon in Oakland, and so whenever I needed, when when these opportunities came up for me, incidentally, I'm leaving out one thing. Before I even got with Jerry or Melvin, I worked Larry Bradford. How do you, Larry yeah. Larry Bradford? Yeah, he was he was awesome on the keyboard. Oh, he was crazy. I've never heard of this cat before. This is badass. All right, so yeah, you worked with him. Yeah, we 
Uh, in fact, I was the singer. <laughs> I was singing in the club. <laughs> which which club was it? Well, it was different ones in Oakland and. Uh, For the Black Knight. No, I no. This was like. Uh, toward Haywood Way, right. East Oak. East you know. Wow, this is unbelievable. All right, continue. And and I I I played in the um, Larry Bradford band for a few years, and I was the featured uh, singer. So that's when I really got experience of being on the stage. Before I had experience of a. Uh, singing in choirs and just traveling different places. So um, I could do that very well, but when I got the experience of working with the uh, Larry Bradford Trio, um, that was that was a great experience. It, it got me ready for being able to be with Jerry. How did, it, how, how, how did it get how did it get you ready? Well, I, I had the experience of uh, uh, performing. Mm -hmm. You know, the crowds there, uh, playing to the people and 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 knowing how to. I had to do it by feeling, knowing how to uh, get through to them, and I learned that from being in the church. And it's all it's all a, a, a deep spirit thing. And it's a lot about feeling. And I learned how to deal with the public that way. So it made it easier for me to be able to walk in other situations uh, that I could handle. You know, so Just, it, got, it really got me ready for Got me ready for uh, evolution of the blues. Uh, and for, I just wanted to perform. I always wanted to perform since I was a little girl. And coming from Texas, um, I had things like um, Coke bottles. That would be my microphone. <laughs> and I, I, I pretend I was singing. You know, I wanted to dance. Uh, I wanted to play piano. I, I do know a little music, but I can't not really play a piano because the, the teacher that I had at first, she she had me and my other two sisters. My older sister, she's the pianist. And when it got to me and she wanted to, you know, it was time for my lesson, she kind of hit me on the fingers with a, a, a hard wooden object. And I went home and told my mother, I can't go back there, <laughs> you know, so. I didn't keep up with the piano thing. That's what I'm trying to do. That—that well, is—that is. I mean, that's no way to. Well, you know, I want to be for the record. Also, uh, now, so Dee Dee Dickerson's final show, July twenty fourth, nineteen eighty three. Um, I'm looking here at a pretty reliable blog, and it's saying to me, and I want you to try to go back into your reservoir, memory reservoir here. Um, first show. For Gloria Jones on vocals for the Jerry Garcia Band, this is what it says is September 30th, 1983 at the Country Club in Reseda, which was, I think, in Beverly Hills. But you said it was at the Stone. And this is really important because there's people out there that want this stuff locked in. It, it, I mean, I, can I know the Keystone where you had to walk in, you had to walk through the crowd, Jacqueline holding your hand. And you're telling me that was the first show you were in because this says September 30th, 83, Country Club, Reseda, California. I, I know I started uh, working with Jackie in 83 on on the show. And I think we started, uh, uh, I went to like the Keystone. And and I, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think that show in Beverly Hills, I remember going to Beverly Hills, it was really awesome for me. Right. Um, but I think that was a little bit after my first experiences with the Keystone. I, I think this is really important because, I mean, there. it seems to me that the last show Jerry played July 24th, 83, I played that for Jackie uh, 
um, great, great version of um, Gamora. But that DD was gone after that. I'll have to do some more research. This is fascinating stuff. I, you know, Gloria, I wanted to ask I, you. Yeah, I've got a book, a book here too, and I'm gonna look at the book. It's all, all my things are so disorganized right now. I'm looking. Yeah, no. That, listen, you know, I, I want to, I, I want to ask because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm asking you to really go a little bit, pretty deep here. Um, but I wanted to ask you about, um if you could, uh, how you handled the, truthfully, I, I know you probably just went with the flow, but one thing I love about when you joined the band was that uh, really the band was still very underground. I mean, in 1984, I was six years old and you were playing at a roller rink uh, about 10 minutes from my house in East Setauk at Long Island and you were playing casinos and, and little outdoor amphitheaters. And then uh jerry's lore and legend continued to grow the dead became very huge and as a result the garcia band became more polished because you guys stayed as a unit for 10 years with kemper on drums what was it like when you started to play these huge coliseums for three four five nights in a row how did you handle that fame and the money because it must have been more than you've had, you ever got in your life well, I was happy for the money. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> now, doubt, no doubt about that, yeah. Make a mistake on that. But um, to see the crowds, the crowds got bigger and bigger. And I, I'm trying to, I don't, don't remember the place. You have to excuse me. I've had a few strokes, and sometimes my brain is not totally working here. It's doing just um, fine. You're doing just fine. But we we played on a tour um, back east, and we did an out, outside concert. And I, I can't remember if it, it was college kids or what, or everybody. But when we walked out, Jack and I both, when we walked out on stage, we turned and looked at each other, and I said, look at the people. And there's this church song that, not a church song. Wait a minute. There's a song that they would say, look at the people, what they do with <laughs> And Jack and I started singing that, that little song together. It was so awful to see all the thousands and thousands of people, you know, coming to see us. I was just happy to be with Jerry. Are you still there? I am. No, it's just really touching for me. I mean, um, in fact, what I what I would really love if you could is um, <laughs> when you is to look back at your notes so we can do in part two we can fill in some of these gaps because I I really want to carve out a Gloria Y Jones Wikipedia page because I'm sick and tired of dealing with or having to read this other Gloria Jones. Uh, yeah, and, and not that she's not a good performer. Uh, some of her records are okay, but some of the stuff that you even unearthed today is quite remarkable. So uh, let's just plan on on doing part two in the next couple of months. But I'm going to come with you with before we get to it with some questions so that we can really nail down some of this stuff. It's just and it's just a high honor to to connect with you. And I'm you know you were really part of an amalgamation of the Jerry Garcia band that really one of my favorite periods of time, which is bef when you guys were still underground. And that's why it just, it must have just been stunning to, uh, to see the, those throngs of, of, of people. And, and, uh, but bless you, my friend. And, and, uh, I will, uh, I'll be in touch with you. Okay, I hope I'm doing pretty good with you now. I mean, we, we cooked for 40 minutes. You did fantastic. We did great. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I, I, was so, I was so afraid. I don't do interviews good, you know. Oh, believe me. I, you know, I, I was at, you know, Jacqueline kept saying, I said, where's Gloria? She's like, just wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> so I did. And uh, and now it's part one's in the book. So bless you and uh, and we'll be in touch, friend. Thank you, hon, and, and I, I've enjoyed it. I didn't know we were talking that long. <laughs> yeah, we know, and I'll get you a copy of this later on, but uh, thank you, Gloria. Well, God bless you, hon. All right. And I'll be looking forward to talking to you again. All right. All right. How sweet it is. Take care. All right.
Okay, thank you. Bye-bye.